0: He is risen. He is risen indeed. For those of you who may not be familiar, that is a greeting of the church historical. Um, On Easter Sunday, your greeting would be to one another, He is risen, The the other person would reply, He is risen indeed, because that's the truth of the day, right? We live in that hope today that the Christ of the cross, of Good Friday, the Christ of death and suffering, that on Easter Sunday, the tomb door was opened from the inside. And Christ rose and he lives, and that's our hope. For everything that we know That's our hope here at the river If you are a guest we're really glad that you're here this morning If you are, I've been here for, this is your 60th, 70th Easter with the river We're really glad you're here this morning And we would like to do some time where we just all get together And uh, share fellowship, share food uh, I'm hope, hoping that you notice the tent outside Otherwise you're blind and you need some Work done uh, There's a tent outside That we would just like To fellowship in And we had food out there Fruit uh, Bagels and, and this is like Totally not a gluten free Sunday Just so you know um, So come get your gluten on And hang out And we're going to share uh, Just the fellowship And the warmth Of the family of God That knows the truth Of a risen Jesus That's, that's what we want to do If you're a guest as well we got, we got something At those tables out there We got a gift for you We'd love just to get to know you A little bit And find out a little information from you You can find out some information about us We would love to connect with you And um, perhaps this is a place Where you can grow in your love And understanding of a risen Jesus Um, This morning's message uh, I don't know if you felt it But there was some energy going on In this back corner here Between these two, a little bit of a little little Mario, and then Bill's doing his thing. Uh, We got energy because we're worshiping together, and we want to learn more together in God's Word about that energy that these folks up here know, and that we know today um, as we think about how to live into Easter, not just thinking about the truth that... When the day comes and when we die, that we know that death is not the final answer. That's great. That's a good truth. But that there's more to the story than that. Um, as we spend time learning about that together, let's pray for God's presence and anointing at our time. Living God, hope of the world in Jesus Christ, meet us. Meet us in the power of your word as we understand more about what the implications of an empty tomb on Easter Sunday, mean to us. As we understand more, not just about what the future holds, that there is no power of death over those who know Christ Jesus, but also, Lord, what our present is. How do we live into that truth today and tomorrow and the next day so that, Lord, um, what we are is faithful to your calling on our lives? I pray for those folks who are here this morning who, um, or they've been here many, many times before and they live in this truth, know that truth, profess that truth. Father, meet them, encourage them, fuel them to more deeply know your love. For those folks who are here who don't know that love, who do not know the grace of Jesus, who don't know the truth that our God does save, Father, meet them through the power of your word, transform because of the work of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us, Lord, transform their hearts to you. And that there can be a transformation that changes now and forever on one of your people. Father, this is work that you and you alone can do in us. We do ask that you do it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I was thinking this week about. Um, What was the first week after Easter? The first after Easter, first, what did that look like? What was that like? I mean, we see some in the text. We, we have a little bit of an understanding of what happened next. Jesus appeared to the disciples. We, we see that he continued to teach them. There's a couple things that he did when he met um, them on the, the lake of uh, Sea of Galilee. And he, he had them, you know, come in and they recognized him for the first time. And there were some things that we know, but... Those are the times when Jesus is present. What do you think it was like that first Easter week after Christ rose again when he wasn't around? What do you think the disciples talked about? And I was thinking about that this week. And I was thinking about the life of two disciples. We don't hear about them much in the text. Um, but two disciples and what they, their experience was. Those two disciples are Bob and George. They're not talked about much in the New Testament at all. But Bob and George, the disciples of the first week of Easter. And Bob and George, they're hanging around. They're, they're witnessing Jesus. They see Jesus. Uh, and he's with the, the 11 disciples. And he's doing the things that he's doing with them. And Bob and George are sort of on the periphery. And they're listening to Jesus' his teachings. But then, you know, they got real life. And so sometimes they're in with the disciples. And sometimes they're back in their neighborhood. And one, one time, they're getting ready to go and, and be with the disciples. And Bob and George are talking. And Bob says, wow, this is crazy. Isn't it? I had I had somebody George come to me the other day and say hey Bob I haven't seen you in a few days. Where you been? And I told him oh, I've been hanging out with Jesus. And they looked at me real weird because they're like Jesus, you mean that guy who died that Friday? And I'm like, yeah They left soon after because they didn't want to talk to me anymore because they think I'm a little nuts. This is, this is crazy. We're, we're the only people ever who've been hanging around with what, a guy who is dead. And George is like, yeah, and this truth, right, man, what happened on Easter is just so amazing. It changes everything. I know, this is so awesome, Bob. I know that someday when I die, 20 years, 30 years from now, who knows, someday when I die, because Christ rose again and opened the tomb door from the inside, that I am going to be alive again. That's awesome. That's the, that's, that's what Easter is all about. Bob, that's amazing. And Bob looks at George and he goes, dude, uh, you're right. But don't don't you think there's more to it than that? I mean if this whole Easter thing, this whole resurrection thing is all about, you know, us dying someday and and us not having to worry about being dead forever. That's great and everything. But if that's all that it's about, that doesn't seem like it has much implications right now. Like what about now? What about today? What about here? What about? I mean, uh, what about? What about when when we go to work? What about when we're with our families? What 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 implications? I mean, this man was dead and now he's alive. Don't you think that changes a little bit more than just someday in the future when we're going to die? When we look at the story of. What happened then and what Jesus was doing in his disciples in that first couple weeks after Easter We see that Jesus was looking at a guy like George and saying you're right, but you don't know the whole story There's more for you for today And I want you to hear and God wants us to hear from his word What is this all about Easter for today? What implications does it have for Sunday and then Monday and Tuesday? How do we live into the truth of Easter all the time? If you would, turn in your Bibles with me. Acts chapter 1. It's about probably a quarter way from the end of your Bible. You're going to get the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And then you're going to get the book of Acts. And the Acts is the story of after Jesus died. It's the start of the church. And right at the beginning of the book of Acts, we see that time between Christ dying and rising from the dead and then Christ ascending, we call that the ascension, ascending to heaven. That's uh, 40 days later. We see that time, that time frame, that 40 days. That's where we're in right now in Acts chapter 1. And as we read Acts chapter 1, we're going to see the implications of what Easter has for the today of the disciples. What it has for Bob and George. And what it has for us. It starts because this book is written by Luke. And Luke is writing to somebody. This starts this way. It says, in my former book. About the kingdom of God I want to stop there for a moment We We hear and we're wondering Okay what are the implications of Easter The disciples were wondering the implications of Easter And here Jesus is sticking around After the resurrection to try to teach Them more about what this means And it says here that he was doing things around them and in them. And we know in other places, like at the end of some of the Gospels, we see some of the stories of what he did during that time. Some some new, new teachings that he wanted the disciples to hear. But ultimately, what they were doing was they were watching what Jesus was doing among his people. The command of the disciples is to watch me watch what i'm doing i'm 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 the risen jesus I'm the one who has victory over death. And I'm not done with you yet. Watch what it is that I'm doing among you. See the things that are happening through the power that God has given me. Through the power of the resurrection. Through the power of the grace and the love of the cross. Watch what happens in, in, in and around me as I live into who God has made me to be. Watch. And... When we think about that for our post-Easter life, what does it mean for us to watch what Jesus is doing? Well, here's the thing. You and I live in a world where we can open up an app, watch a television program, watch a television network, and in 30 seconds, we can be into the dregs of humanity, right? All you have to do is open an app, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and don't open any of them. They're not worth it. There's not a, a no. Open the onion, the only thing that gives good and solid news. Right? We can, we can immediately be immersed into this political quagmire. We can instantly be moved to Brussels in Belgium and hear the stories and see the blood. We can be moved to any place in the world where there is conflict, where there is societal unrest, where there's economic unrest, where there is racial unrest, and we can be immersed in those. And if we are having eyes to see and we are watching those things, it's certainly a valid question that any of you might have. How can anyone believe that God is real? Because when I see this garbage, when I see this junk, when I see the Clinton-Trump ridiculousness, when I see all this craziness that is around us, and I look at it, it is certainly something where I have to wonder whether there is a good God in control. And if we're watching for those things, I can completely affirm your perspective, that it is easy for you to wonder how God could be real. But then maybe it's time to think about getting a new set of eyes Because If you're watching with a different set of eyes you start to see other things things that are dramatically different Than what happens in the midst of a dark and broken world Christ is active in our world And yes, there is darkness and brokenness around us. But when we're looking for Christ's transformation, we can see it everywhere. You can see it. I can see it. Yesterday, yesterday I saw it. I'm right in the middle of a move. I'm right in the, I mean like really, literally yesterday my stuff moved from one house to the other. I'm living right now in a fifth wheel in a neighborhood in front of my house um, with all my stuff in the garage. It's a train wreck. At two o'clock this morning I was out wandering the neighborhood trying to get my dogs to calm down because they're barking and everything. By the way that's not where you're watching to see Jesus because that's, you're not that, you're not seeing Jesus in that that's not, that's not that's not good. But yesterday at my uh, during my move, twenty people are hanging out with us for like a whole day. Uh, some people are, are just doing heavy lifting, and then other people hung out and did a bunch of cleaning. We had people feed us last night. We had people feeding us today, and my family and I were looking at that and we're going, "Man, here's Jesus showing up. Jesus showing up and Nate Huker and his big muscles." That's right. <laughs> Jesus showing up in Glenda Vandertag cleaning out cupboards. Jesus showing up in Cindy Barrents making some really good coleslaw last night. If we have eyes to see. I want to read for you something that we received in the office this week. It's a powerful, powerful story. Many of you know it's a story of the Shinskys. The Shinskys are a family in our church who recently had their home damaged dramatically by water, um, water damage to the point where they've had to move out now for a few months. Um, It was a dangerous leak that could have actually harmed members of the family. God be praised they weren't there when it happened. But in the midst of it, People from the river have loved and cared for the Shinskys in some pretty deep ways. And this week we got this note. It says this. And it's addressed not only to um, the river staff, but also to the rest of our church family. So you should be hearing this. Thank you just doesn't seem like enough to say. In the darkest moment of this storm we are in, we have, now listen, we have... Seen the beauty and light in so many people. It is overwhelming. This has been a blessing in so many ways. I have never felt so loved, and I thank you for everything. God is good. That's signed by Karina Shinsky to all of you. Here is a family. That is seeing because they have eyes to see. They're watching God show up. God is active. And they're in the midst of the storm. They're in the midst of a destruction of a home. They're in the midst of trying to figure out where they're going to live next. And how they're going to get to where they got to go. You want to talk about eyes that could see the yucky and the garbage and the hard stuff. They could have them. But they don't. God has given them eyes to see his activity in their lives and I give God praise I want you to gain more of those kinds of eyes I want you to look into your life in your place in your neighborhood in your family in your workplace and have eyes to see what God is doing and we want to hear those stories so I'm going to help you figure out how to do it how many of you have one of these things put up your hands you big fat liars y'all do All right, here's how we walk this through, all right? This is an iPhone, so this is how this works on an iPhone. I open it up. Oh, I got some messages. Happy Easter to you too, Katie. Katie's my oldest daughter. She's in Michigan. Good stuff. All right, so then I open it up. I go to the camera, and then I do this. I find a person who's willing to tell me their story. So I'm going to find a person. You're all terrified right now. (laughs) Heather, come on up. This is a plant. This is a plant. Heather knows that I'm calling her up. And uh, this is Heather Pennington, everyone. Say, everyone, say hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. Say thank you Heather. thank you, Heather. Because if you weren't up there, <laughs> pastor would have asked me. <laughs> all right. So Heather, it's Heather Pennington. We're going to get a mic for you too, Heather, so we can all hear you. There you go. Uh, I didn't know it and this is true. I had no idea. Um, I was just looking for somebody who was willing to do this with me. So before the service, I went up to Heather and I said, Heather, can you volunteer for me? Uh, I just want you to answer one question. And can you answer this question? How have you seen God active in your life this week? And she said, sure, I can do that. And she said, did you know? And I said, what what didn't I know? Because I didn't. She said, I was in Haiti all week. I don't even know what she's going to say, but I'm already looking forward to it. All right. So you got your phone open. You got your pictures thing open. You go to video and you turn it sideways so we can see it. And then you ask the question of the person. And the question is simply this. You ready? Heather, tell us how you have seen God active in your life this week.
1: Well, I have two stories. Do you have time for two stories? Great. So first... Haiti is a beautiful place, incredibly broken. Um, It was actually dedicated to voodoo and Satan in the '80s or something. So there's a lot of um, spiritual warfare there. But God shows up in big ways. Um, The first story: I was chatting with this man. He's about my age or a little bit older. His name is Fritznail. um, Loves the Lord with passion, and he wanted an English Bible so badly, and the reason why I was there was to do a business trip to work with uh, entrepreneurs from the church there, so we didn't really bring Bibles, um, but one of my friends had an extra one, so we were able to provide him with an English Bible, and he, like, Lit up, was so excited, and he said, "I'm so you could just like see Jesus in his smile." And he was like telling us about how pumped he is. He's never going to stop reading this. If someone was going to call him to eat, he was like, "I can't eat because I have the Word of God. I need to be reading the Word of God." Um, and just how awesome! Like that's so awesome. Um, and then another story, which is like very dear to my heart. Um, one of the businesses we started was necklace making. Um, And we worked with women who are working in a brothel right now, and we got to provide them with some materials to create these necklaces. Um, And seeing the beauty in their faces and feeling God's love for them as we got to work together to create something and empower people to create was incredible. Like, God loves people so much, and I think that He gets so happy when he sees people who otherwise wouldn't have opportunity, have opportunity to create. So he just showed up in huge ways in that. um, He loves people so much, and I think when you put yourself in a situation to love on others, you get to feel his peace. Um, So yeah, those are my stories.
0: Thank you. Thank you. All right, you can all go home now. We're done. And I ran out of memory. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no uh, it, obviously, God showed up enormously in Heather's life. So then, all I'm doing with that video is I'm going to where that's stored, and I'm sharing it, and I'm sharing it via an email, which you're doing, and you're doing an email to front desk. At therivercrc.com You can write that down in your notes Front desk at therivercrc.com Share your video Because we want to hear those You can hear how encouraging that is Heather had this powerful Powerful experience Of seeing God show up In Haiti In just the things she was doing Yeah, it's a big trip and that's a big deal But at the same time It was something that God did something Amazing And We want to hear those. We want to share those. We may share them here on Sunday morning. We may share them on Facebook. But we want to hear them. Send them to us. You can do that outside. In fact, there will be people from the high school group, and junior high group, going around with phones, asking you that question and making sure we have it. Maybe do it and remind yourself. That's a good Easter table discussion. Where is God at work? Because if we're not training ourselves to watch for God's activity in our lives, the world will invade our brains and our hearts and say, there's so much yuck out there. How can you even believe that God exists? We have to have eyes to see. But that's not all. We also got some stuff that God calls us to do next. So we were, uh, beginning ver- were beginning at verse... Now we're beginning at first 4. It says, On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of heaven? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Now, it happens two times in this section that there's a command of God through Jesus Christ to the disciples. First of all, he's saying, wait for the Holy Spirit. Because we're in the midst now of the time between the resurrection and when the Holy Spirit's going to come. And Jesus is telling the disciples, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. It's going to come, but you've got to wait for it. But then he also says, and you also need to wait for the end to come. Wait for the future to come in God restoring the kingdom. God the Father is the one in charge, and I don't even know when. So you need to wait. And he's telling the disciples to wait with eyes that are watching. For what? For Jesus. Because in their waiting for Jesus with eyes to see, they experience more of his power in their lives. Let me give you an example. We have somebody in this church who is waiting right now in a big way. Anyone else waiting for anything? You're waiting for an answer to a question? Waiting for something to get healed? Waiting for a new job? Waiting for, for you know, Mr. Perfect to show up in your life? I don't know. What are you waiting for? We're waiting, right? This man is waiting, but he's waiting for death. He's actually, he's, he wants death to come. His name is Henry. Henry, a couple years ago, laid his wife to rest. They'd been married for a long time. And I've talked to Henry many times, and Henry will tell me, I I can't wait to be with her. I can't wait to be with Jesus. He's waiting to die so he can be with Jesus. And I went to see Henry this past week, and I'm, I'm sitting at his kitchen table. It's a kitchen table that many of you may have sat at. It's just this neat little house that he has. And he has such wisdom and such love for Jesus. Uh, he can't wait to see him because of how much he loves him. And I'm sitting there at the table and we're talking about how Henry is waiting. He's waiting for, for, for death. He's waiting for, for the end to come. Doesn't know how that's going to happen or when that's going to happen. But in the midst of it all, he's got these things that keep happening to him. He's got a daughter who comes by and checks on him every morning before she goes to work just to say, I love you to her dad and care for him. Watch out for him. She's got a son who shows up a couple times over the course of the week and especially on Sunday morning because he comes to church with him every Sunday and they sit right back there in the first service. And every Sunday his son comes with him to this church, even though he's a member of another church because he just loves being with his dad so much. And then there's all these friends and all this family who comes by while Henry is waiting to die to show love and to experience the love that God has for them through Henry himself. In fact, a little while ago, he reconnected with a great niece, a great niece that he hadn't connected with for a long, long time. And I was there at the kitchen table when she came for her weekly visit. And as I was sitting at the table talking with Henry, we were talking about his time in the military service way, way, way back when. And he's sharing these amazing stories with me, stories that I'm grateful for and will always be grateful for. As he's sharing this story with me, his great niece walks in and we're talking about with her, we're telling her what we're talking about. And she's like, "Uh, yeah, that's so fun. That's so cool. We have that story and a family member has recorded. it." And then she said... I, I, I said, boy, it's just fun sitting at the table with your great-uncle. And she goes, I know. I look forward to it every week. I love coming to see Henry because of how much he blesses me. While we're waiting, God is active. If we wait in the presence of the Christ that we have been given in the resurrection of the empty tomb... If we're waiting in Christ for what He's going to do, what He's going to do in your cancer diagnosis, what He's going to do in your marriage that is struggling and hurting, what He's going to do with your kid or your grandkid or your parent or your family member who's hurting, while you're waiting, if you're waiting in the hope of the resurrected Christ, if you are waiting in the hope that this God who has made promises will continue to show up and He won't leave you nor forsake you, He'll never let you go, if you are waiting in that truth, then in that waiting, God may show up in different ways. God will show up in different ways, show Himself to you and His love for you in ways that you aren't expecting. Henry is all of a sudden waiting to die. And a great, na- a, a, a great niece all of a sudden can't wait to spend time with him because of the wisdom and the love that he has. God shows up when we wait in patience on him. So we watch for him. We watch for his activity in our lives. We wait for him to act in his time. And then finally, we get our third command. Our third reminder. He says this beginning of verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Can I get a witness? I don't want that kind of witness. I want the real deal witness. The witness that says with their lives when they go out of this place, don't just say amen in here. Go out there and say amen with your life. That's what Jesus is commanding to the disciples. He's saying, you go, Philip. You go, you go on that road, the desert road where I call you to go because I'm going to show up in an Ethiopian eunuch who needs to know the truth of the Old Testament. You show up in his life and be my what? Witness. Witness. And when you're my witness to him, I will baptize that guy at the drop of a hat and his life will be changed. You be my witness, Paul. I'm going to change your life on the road. I'm going to make scales on your eyes until the miracle comes and you can actually see who I am. And you're going to go, Paul. You're going to be my witness. You're going to be my witness to Corinth. You're going to be my witness to Thessalonica and Philippi and Rome and all these other places. You need to go be my witness, Paul, because I've changed your life. Now you're going to be a part of changing others If you are faithful in your witness. You go be my witness, John. You be my witness. I'm going to make you fall asleep on this island. And I'm going to tell you about what is to come. And I want you to write it down. And I want you to share the story because it's a story of the consummation, of the beauty of all things coming together in my glory. You be my witness, John. Write it down. Tell your story because people's lives will be changed. You be my witness, Wilver Hoof. You be my witness, Alejandro. You be my witness. Every single one. That's the call. Be my witness because when you are my witness, when you are Christ's witness, there is power, power to transform, power to change lives. How did your life get changed? How did you meet Jesus for the first time? Somebody, somewhere sat down or lived out in relationship with you the truth of Jesus Christ, shared with you the story. Maybe it was a mom, maybe it was a dad, maybe it was a Sunday school teacher, or a grandparent maybe it was a person like me with way too much energy on their hands maybe it was somebody on a a radio station or a television station or a blog or a vlog or someone somewhere who shared with you the truth gave you a witness of who Jesus is and your life was changed now you go and do likewise because when you do story is power story has power to transform a life from hopelessness to hope like Nick shared right at the beginning extraordinary powerful amazing incredible it's it's so uh, so beyond comprehension the hope that we have in Jesus the death thing that we're all terrified of the death thing it's beaten <laughs> It's beaten and now we live into this. This hope that no matter what happens, nothing can get at us because we're Jesus. He owns us. He's got us. If we know his grace, that's exactly where we live. Being the love of Jesus in our world is powerful. Lives are changed in our world as we are witnesses of that power. Let me tell you a story that we know really well here how that is at work. See, giving me a witness? Giving me a witness. I love it. Preacher to be. That's good stuff. All right. So you all know that we've been spending time over at Lagonia School the last number of years. Things started uh, through a lady here who worked at church, Ginger Mulder, a relationship that she had with the principal over at Lagonia Public School over in the north side of town, um, Principal Kathy Yeidy. Started this relationship. We ended up going on campus. Now we're on campus every week with between 15 and 20 volunteers. And the whole purpose of going on campus is to share Jesus with with the students of of the campus, but here's what we're not doing: we're not standing in front of first graders and going, "Hey, first grader, you need to know Jesus," because that wouldn't generally be a good idea. It would be a good way to witness to who Jesus is. We don't do that. You know what we do? We show up at the library and we sign out books, and when they come back, we put them back on the shelf, and we talk to the kids when they come into the library and we make sure that on the playground that not too many kids get on the merry-go-round and the swings that they don't go too high and that we try to make sure that kids are safe while they're on the playground and sometimes we go into a classroom and we share Jesus by reading stories about the purple worm or about the pink unicorn or about the orange whale and we share and we read the stories and we care for kids and we love on kids. And that's a great story and we shared it before because it's a powerful, powerful witness of what God is doing. And we're grateful for that story. It's a, it's a way that God has shown up in us. But here's where the story gets better. About two months ago, we uh, maybe even a little bit longer than that, the, Kathy... Mentioned to Nick and then to the rest of our, our church that there was something that was happening that Lagonia was nominated for It was nominated for a gold ribbon award It was going to be a gold ribbon school, which is a pretty big school. It's a very under-resourced school There's a lot of stuff that that school is not able to engage with because of lack of resources And most of the kids there are under-resourced kids Well this school Lagonia has been nominated with four other schools in the region and there these four other school there Sorry three other schools in the region. These three other schools have great stories There's great things going on leadership development in this one. There's this one that has some um, Mentoring program and there's there's neat things happening But we Lagonia is being nominated Because of its relationship with the river I want you to think about that for a moment this is a public school in the state of California, a very conservative politically state, right? Being nominated for a gold ribbon based on its relationship with a Christian church. It's a little nuts. And why is it nuts? Because 15 to 20 people go onto a campus every week and give Jesus a witness. And kids lives are impacted and a campus is changed and here's what's interesting In the interview and in the article that was in the paper This is what was said about the river and this is you and I want you to hear it for all the power And all the beauty that it is to who God is making us People of the river are people who talk the talk and walk the walk folks we're given a witness and a campus is being changed how can we give a witness and watch a family be changed how can we give a witness to the resurrection of the of Jesus Christ in our neighborhoods so that our neighborhoods are changed How can we give a witness to the resurrection of Christ and watch our city be changed, our county be changed, your state be changed, and our nation be changed? That's who God is. Our world to be transformed. That's who God is. He calls us. He says, watch for me to be at work. Wait for me to act in your life. And when the time comes, give me a witness. Give me a witness that is willing to in my strength, in my leadership, in my spirit's power, speak of who I am. Live into who I am. Love into who I am in such a way that when others look at you, they don't see you. They see me. And when they see me, their life is changed. Watch. Wait. Witness. That's the power of Easter. For Today. For Sunday, for Monday, for Tuesday, for the week ahead. Watch, wait, and witness. Would you pray with me? Living God, hope of the world through the resurrected Jesus. Empower us, Father, with eyes to see. See where you are at work in our world. Give us, Lord, hearts and minds to wait. Wait upon you. And understand that in your time, in your way, you will transform the world around us. Give us mouths. Give us actions. Give us lives to witness. Witness to who you are. The truth that we know your grace. We know your love. We know your power. And now, Lord, we speak of it. We live into it. We share it. We give testimony to it. Put it on display so that the world might see. We pray these things, Lord, all in Jesus' name. Amen.